1992, I attended a Faster Pussycat show here in Atlanta, Georgia at the Masquerade. That night, the band that was their direct support was a band out of Canada that I was only familiar with by name. They were a band called Slick Toxic, and for 45 minutes, they annihilated that room and pretty much made uh, Faster Pussycat look like Menudo by the end of the night. The night I st- uh, that night, I struck up a conversation with guitarist Kevin Gale, and by sheer happenstance, I would find myself connected with Kevin over 25 years later. Over the past few years, Kevin and I have formed a bond and have become very close friends. Kevin is one of the most interesting people I know, and is it's an honor to be able to call him a friend. So with that being said, Kevin, welcome to Talking the Talk with the great Southern Brain Fart, homeboy. Men- Menudo, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, Menudo, uh, uh, I mean, that's great. <laughs> you, you know, that that night, just, 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 just to give the listeners a little bit of back history here, um, that night is it was you know everybody has these concert stories whether you know and, and and as you know you know you know you know we're from pretty much the same generation that right are, you know there's <coughs> concert stories of multiple you know different shows and whatnot you know there's like always like oh i remember seeing you know van halen open up for black sabbath and you know what i mean and so like one of my favorite stories is the story of you guys like i remember like getting to the concert and seeing the marquee and seeing slick toxic and i'm my first thought was like well they can't spell so i hope they can fucking play (laughs) and that night me and my friends were pressed up right against the stage and you guys came out that night and you opened with crashed. And I just remember thinking to myself, if the rest of these songs are this good, faster pussycat doesn't have a chance. And you guys absolutely blew me away so much that the next day I went out and bought doing the nasty, which, and I put it right up there with slave to the grind as an album that to this day. I still listen to from front to back and I enjoy it. You know, th- that's awesome. I mean, we were we were so we were so fortunate, and we were so you know so lucky to be in the situation that we were. Yeah, like you know, we we worked our asses off doing it, but you know, we were we were so lucky to be in in where we were at that time, and we were lucky enough to to, to touch a few people, you know, musically and. You know, I have a lot of people telling me, "Oh, you are the soundtrack of my youth and everything else." And I think that that, you know, for for me, that's 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 pretty something that you know I didn't I didn't see it at the time, but I see it now, where I'm I'm totally you know blown away and in awe by it, and I I, I you know I just I, I'm completely blown away by it, and it's, it's really really cool, and it's it's something I'm I'm really 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 proud of. You know, and it's funny because, uh, it, like like when I think when I think about slick toxic one of the things that i always saw you know and 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 again you know i was a fan way longer than i was your friend so i get i get to actually say this kind of stuff anyway but uh is that um <laughs> like one of the things i remember that stuck out to me so much that so there were there were two albums that came out in 92 that i thought for sure were gonna keep hard rock music afloat and one of them was doing the nasty and the other one was uh the babylon ad album um nothing sacred and right you know i just remember thinking like 
I mean, you guys had so many elements to you. Like, like I love the fact that like you could, you know, open up the song with a, you know, real sleazy tongue in cheek, big fucking deal. But then you'd touch on something as serious as cocaine with, you know, you know, white lies, black truth. But then you would go into something like it's, you know, you know, it's not easy where like there are these multiple changes and like, time changes and like you'd go and you know what i mean like you i know, just remember I, thinking that was such a magical song that i remember going you know neil was neil was such a brilliant drummer as far as bringing in such cool ideas as far as you know as far as rhythm changes and time changes and and all that sort of thing and i mean nick you know was great at, at the songwriting process too and you know once once you know someone would bring down a riff we would all dive in on it mm-hmm. and add our own little flavor to it but i mean neil would take things you know as, as a straight four four time and then start throwing it in off times making them five four making them three four and then going back into the four it was just it was just a really cool time and it was really great to have you know that much uh that much time to write our first record because you know the story goes you have your whole life to write your first record and you know you never know how long you're gonna have to write your second so i mean we were really fortunate and really really lucky right you know we were really really fortunate and really lucky to be where we were and when we were you know had that album come out you know a few years earlier maybe it would maybe it would be a different story but i mean we were lucky enough to get the success that we did and and you know i'm very very grateful for it you know, and it was so funny because it, it was, you know, albeit brief, it obviously left quite a mark on, on the face of hard rock because, again, like if you think about the your peers and who were putting out music at that time, you know, Slick Toxic is still one of those bands that people are still talking about. So that kind of says something, yeah. you know? It says it's it's it it says you know from from you know from us to our, our producers and engineers and and right down to our management and the label. I mean, it had everything to do with that and and the belief in us. Like, I mean, Paul Gross, he did such a great job on that record as far as getting sounds and and everything else. It's just a really good sounding, warm record. It's a it's it's a it's a great sounding record. The songs are there, and like I said, we were you know like we were so lucky to to have the the opportunity we did have when we did it and it was very cool that you know people really still dig it and you know it blows me away that they do it and i'm i'm very like i said i'm very very grateful for that fact and the album still to this day i mean it is such a bombastic sounding album like the drums are big the bass is audible the guitars are in opposite channels the vocals are like right there, there's like no, there's like not too much mid not too much and it was like especially for the time it was such a it was weird it was like a really well produced album but it wasn't slick if that makes sense no pun intended but do yeah, you know it what absolutely I mean? makes like, sense yeah. it was it was still it was still really raw and i mean this was the day before pro tools and before computers and before everything else i mean yeah there was a bit of digital stuff on it but it wasn't anything to write home about that's for sure um you know like that's you know that's five guys getting in a room and playing and giving it right that's what that's what we were doing and i mean if you listen to midnight grind the last track on that record um and you hear all the vocal harmonies that's nick doing it all himself guy fucking blew me away man every like he would like he would go in there and fucking work for eight hours and just give it and and do what he did and came out with harmonies that were just absolutely stellar and it was unbelievable Unbelievable. that high pitch that high pitch scream that he does and that and that's i was just like good fucking god (laughs) man you know oh yeah i mean it, it was it was it was quite amazing to to actually 
actually witnessed that firsthand. I'm totally convinced that 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 if he heard it, Sebastian Bach was pacing a room, going, "God damn it, how can I top no. that?" You know what I mean? Like, look, <laughs> like let's 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 be honest here. Like, let let's let's be honest here. You know, aside from whatever. You know, Baz and, and Nick, I mean, they are two both incredibly gifted singers. And it, we were so fortunate enough to have those singers in our lives growing up because they were absolutely amazing, both of them. So, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from that. There is actually a funny story that you told me once about Nick and Sebastian Bach. And I well, see, that that that's going like, that's going that's going in my book, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be talking oh, about no, that. See, because no, I gotta give something to read. Let's let's just let's just say let's just say Nick and I sitting on his couch watching Much Music, which is our version of, of your MTV back in the day when they played music. I used to and, love Much and Music, and by the way, because I going yeah. on somebody was going off on on nick on tv and i remember nick looking at me in the face going what the fuck did i do to this guy right so that and then you know like anyway there's a there's a whole bunch of story to that but that's that that's what happened and i mean it's all water under the bridge now but looking back on it it's a great story right that is so funny and matt and that of course kind of leads into um uh we're going to talk about your book in just a little bit but um one, okay. one, one of the things I loved about getting to know you and getting to be good friends with you was that um, I really got to learn a lot about how things worked on the inside and how things, you know, worked you know back in the day, especially towards the end, you know, uh, you right. know with, uh, you know, just, just 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 how the business worked, you know? Um, yeah. What, with Slick Toxic. Um, when you guys were like hitting it hard for the debut and you guys were touring, like, was there any indication at the time that you guys were kind of hitting what the industry would call end of the road? Or did you guys, were you guys kind of like me and like thinking like, we might have a chance here? Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, we were doing it thinking that we did have a chance, you know, and for, for a couple of years, we were doing it thinking that we did have a chance. And then all of a sudden, you know, then we had the limo incident and then, and then capital decided that we were more of a liability than anything else and decided us that we were going to, you know, going to go on a subsidiary label. And here we are, you know, cocky nose kids thinking, oh, fuck you, we can do it better ourselves. And in hindsight, that probably wasn't the smartest move. But, you know, again, we were we were we were pissed off. And I mean, if you listen to Irrelevant, Irrelevant is a very angry record. And, you know, that's where our mindsets were at the time. And, you know, looking back. You know, like uh, we we probably made the wrong choices in a whole bunch of things, but that's the choices that we made mm -hmm. at the time. So, irrelevant is an album that doesn't get mentioned a whole lot, obviously, because you know, at the time that it came out, it was a pretty unfortunate time for a band like you guys to be putting out something new. Um, we, yeah. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say that in listening to the record, while obviously it wasn't what you would expect out of slick toxic like uh, like it wasn't like predictable but it was still right. there do you know if that makes sense and now it, it, it yeah was like absolutely this i mean darker side definitely our elements were still there just the, the 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 song material was a little bit darker and a little bit heavier mm -hmm. you know i remember the the record label you know when we were still on emi saying well you know it's not organic enough and i was like what the fuck is do you mean by that what's organic and they're like we don't know but that's not it 
<laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, okay, right? Uh, all right. I mean, I mean, you know, hey, I mean, that's a pretty honest answer, right? I mean, hey, you know, that helps a lot. Thanks. Not, well, <laughs> you know? well, yeah. I mean, well, what, what, what's organic? We don't know, but you know, that's that's not it. Um, okay, right? So I mean, again, we were angry at that point, and then you know, we were angry because we weren't delivering what maybe we should have. I I don't know, like, but I mean, we were writing like ourselves, and we were doing our our thing, and we were doing everything, you know, that we were we were trying to do, and. You know, the songs came out angry. I mean, you know, in hindsight, did we do it because should we, should we have done anything different? No, probably not. You know, in my opinion, no. I think we were writing really honest. And I think that music, you know, needs to be honest in order to be effective, in order to, be, in order to, to you know, portray that to the listener. I mean, or else you just get the homogenized crap that's out on the radio now. You know, I mean, we were being really honest and we were really, we were really pissed off. And I think... I think that that comes out in the record and I, you know, we were down tuning, you know, all before these other bands were down tuning. Well, that's right. Typo. Whatever, you know, it's just cool. It's to just say one of those that. kind of things. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's cool to say, you know, I'll take credit for that. No, you know, it, it, but you know what I mean, right? No, it's absolutely. Just, it, you know, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you, you don't know where it's going to go when it's going. Right. And I, I'm still really proud of irrelevant. I think Irrelevant's a great record. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's too bad it didn't get its fair shake. It's time. Yeah, I mean, because like when I go back and listen to it, and, for, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, I mean, uh, Irrelevant is available on Spotify if you don't own it. Because as far as I know, it's out of print. Um, and it's uh, no, it, I, I, yeah, or I think it might be on Paris Records. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not sure I wasn't I sure about that though. Yeah, because because I, I, I did know that it, I did know that it was going for some pretty astro- astronomical prices on um, Amazon, which like it's quite quite a sad story because uh, you know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think it's you selling them out of your garage. But anyway, um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> that evil laugh, that Canadian laugh, like that. But anyway, but one of the things I did remember enjoying about Irrelevant was because there was almost like this unintentional um, – play on words on the fact that you know the album was titled irrelevant even though that that was yeah, not didn't the matter. point but it was like well yeah it kind of was the point like it kind of was the point oh it was, okay it kind of didn't matter what it, yeah it didn't matter what it was going to be called it, it didn't matter like it absolutely didn't matter like did we have a chance did we whatever it, it was irrelevant like it's irrelevant what the name of the record is right completely irrelevant so that's that's how that that's how that title came up is that, that is, it just it didn't yeah. matter that is awesome. I never really realized that. Okay, so I, like I thought it was just kind of at first I, I, I thought it was just kind of like a like a play on it, you know? A I mean, play on words? No, yeah, it's actually yeah, it was yeah. actually the fact it was actually the fact that it just really didn't matter. It it didn't matter what it was called. I mean, you had Zeppelin Four, then and and Jimmy Page said, "Fuck it, there's no title. You know, fuck the label. This is what it is. It's just it's just Led Zeppelin. <laughs> That's yeah, it." Right? I love that they didn't even have to put a title on it. Yeah, well, I mean, we at least we put a title on it, right? <laughs> so, I mean, <clears throat> again, it, it was irrelevant. It didn't it didn't matter what it was going to be called. I mean, it didn't matter anything. It was just you know, it didn't matter. So. With with the release of um, Irrelevant, did you guys tour at all, or or was that pretty much like yeah, the, we toured, we toured, you know. we, we toured a little bit with it. We we toured a little bit with it. Um, you know, I I became completely disenfranchised, and, and I I laughed that I you know I was just you know tired of, of not making any money, and then you know I was planning on getting married, and I had that woman in my ear, you know, going, you know, you really need to get a job, and blah 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 blah. So I mean, that was sort of a deciding factor and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, it was one of those kind of things. So, 
you know, it, it is what it is and it was what it was. And it was a decision that was made on, on my part. And, and, you know, do I regret any decisions that I've made? Yes, of course I do. But at the same time, you know, it was what it was at the time. And I thought I was doing the right thing at the time. Well, so, um, with, with that tour, um, what was, what was the overall landscape like for you guys, uh, being out on the road? Um, it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest for our style of music. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were still doing pretty well here at home. Um, but you know, across the country, I, I don't think we were doing all that great. So, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, like, like I said, I don't know what happened after I left, but I don't, it probably wasn't much. Yeah, because I, I just remember being so disappointed, though, but at the same time being like I, like I felt so lucky that I got to see, you know, Yeah, you got, to, you got to you see know? us in our, in our prime, you know, like in our, in our prime, you got to see us there. I mean, I remember going to Atlanta. I think Atlanta was our first show on tour with Faster Pussycat, and I remember going to, going to sleep in the bus um in 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 toronto and then waking up and it was like 82 degrees out you know it was <laughs> when we got down there i was like holy fuck it was like stepping into a time machine you know it's nuts i've but, actually yeah, I mean, I, i've actually heard many people say that like especially on their first tours you know that you know they they, they come to the south yeah. and they're just like peeling their clothes off they're like jesus christ humidity what is this you know, <laughs> you know so yeah, I know. I know. It's 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 kind of crazy, right? So, I mean, but it is what it is. You know, so just to have a little fun here. One of the things I was always thinking about and that I always wanted to ask you was that let's say Slick Toxic ever did get to that point to where they would have been and or you know, like a headlining arena band. Did you guys ever foresee like or like plan that far ahead and say like you know like if if we were to headline arenas we would have stairs and ramps and pyro and things like this or were you guys very much a in the moment band um i don't know you know that that's that that's kind of a a, a kind of a question that i i've never really thought about and i don't think i really thought about at the time i mean you'd have to ask the other guys but i don't think i really thought about that at the time i mean it would have been cool to have ramps and 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 explosions and all that that sort of jazz i mean that would have been awesome damn right it would have been you know (laughs) you know that would have been been killer but you know i don't think i don't think i was thinking about that at the time i don't i don't I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the other guys if they were thinking about that, right? Because I, I don't think I was. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Um, over the years that you and I have talked, you always struck me as a very in-the-moment thinker and a very in-the-moment person when it came to not just music but life in general. Like, like – like you have no problem that, talking about the past. That's not necessarily that. That's not necessarily true. One hundred percent. I am, and I'm not. Um, I live with a lot of regret, and I live with a, a lot of of fear of the future. And I've just sort of, um, I've sort of now been able to, you know, within the last year or so, been able to focus in on living in the present and living in the moment, and and sort of living in my five you know my my five foot box around me and i and i'm living in that because this is the moment this moment is the only thing that i do have i don't have the past anymore and i don't have the future all i have is right now and right this second right so right i've i've, I've sort of i've sort of learned how to discipline myself on how to live like that so that's actually really cool because um and, and like when you talk when you talk about your 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 regrets um 
are mm-hmm. they are, are they more music musical based and artistic based? Well, no, there's there's there's, 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 there's all there's musical regrets. There's life regrets. Yeah, it's all intertwined. I mean, you know, you know, I, I I try not to live there anymore. I try to live, like I said, I try to live right now. But I used to live with a lot of regret and a lot of a, a lot of. Yeah, it was. It was just you know, just living in the past is always filled with regret, and living in the future is always filled with anxiety. Um, you can't plan for the future. You could try to, but you can't plan. All you really have is this second and in this moment, and and be grateful for the moment that you're living in. For right the second that I'm talking to you and I'm doing this podcast, all you can be is is in the moment. You can't live in the past, and you can't live in the future. You have to you have to acknowledge the past. Don't worry about the future. Mm-hmm. And live in the moment. So, and that's what I've learned to do. So, from from Slick Toxic, you went on. You had some other musical ventures. You 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 were in Punishment for a while, which um, which delivered yep. um, a, a fantastic album. Um, you really put your heart into it. A lot of heart and soul into that album. That uh, you know, on 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 many percent. Mm-hmm. You had some life changes happen that kind of pulled you away from mm-hmm. it all now yeah you ended up in, and again i'm only saying this because like again because we're friends like but you know you ended up in a pretty dark place and then one day Absolutely. i remember you and i talking a lot you know just to you know because i know what it's like you know with the mental health and everything like this but yep. all of a sudden one day like this little this little like glimpse of like shiny kevin came up and said i'm writing a book and I was yeah. just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah. So this is where, this is what we're going to talk about. I want to hear about the book and like, first off, what you spawned know, it? What was it that broke the camel's back that made you say, I'm going to start fucking writing this down? I think, I think the, the beginning aspect was a cathartic release for me, whether it gets published, whether nobody gets reads it. I don't really didn't give a fuck at the time. It was going through my life and it was, it was a release for me at the time. And it was, it, and still is. And, you know, Tyson, uh, Bryden and myself, you know, like, cause he's, he's a rock writer here in, in, in Ontario. Right. And he's done some, he's done some great reviews and some great stuff. And I really enjoyed his writing and I approached him about it and said, look, I really want to write a book. And I think you're the guy to do it and he was like yeah i'm right on fucking board this is this will be great so i mean number one he was a fan of slick which was great and then you know we we hit it off you know like he, he you know just like the way me and you hit it off we hit it off perfectly so i mean he was he was the guy to write it and he was the guy to do it so going through you know going through my life and and trying to make sense of of shitty situations that either a like you know there there comes a point where you can say oh well it's your fault you did all this well there comes a point where fault doesn't matter anymore it's not a point of fault anymore it's not a point of anything else like that because all that's doing is pointing fingers right. you're not trying to get better and you're not trying to do whatever so i figured what i would do is i would write my get my story written and get my story written and understand some things about myself, which I have understood a lot of things. And people say, oh, well, you're making an excuse. Well, no, there is no excuse. There's reasons, but there's no excuses. And there's no excuses for a lot of things. I don't, I, like, you know, like, look, That's I've made a lot of mistakes in my great way to look at that, by life. the way. Yeah. I, I, I've, made, I've made a ton of mistakes in my life, and I've made a ton of things. But the thing is, is, you know, reliving those mistakes and going into, into the book and reliving those mistakes 
gave me a chance to forgive myself and understand that mistakes are a part of life and mistakes are what you do and mistakes happen in order for you to learn. Now, the question is, did you learn? I have learned an immense amount in the last little while about myself and where I am and where, like I said, I don't know where I'm going. And it's funny when you start to delve into this stuff, people get put into your life in order to show you lessons. And this is, this is the greatest thing that I've learned, you know, about myself is that everybody in your life or everybody that was in your life is a teacher and they teach you certain lessons that you need in order to evolve and in order to grow. So everybody right. that I've had, I've had in my life has taught me something and in order for me to move forward, I had to be grateful for those lessons instead of being angry, which I spent a lot of times being angry for stupid mistakes that I've made. Mm -hmm. And and looking at that now from a whole different perspective and looking at it as, you know what, these were all lessons. And the more you continue to hammer on yourself, the worse it's going to be and the longer it's going to take for you to understand these lessons, you know, and, right. and, you know, you have a lot of people that say they, you know, that say a ton of different bullshit about you and all the time like that. And you get hurt by it. But the only thing is, is the only reason why you get hurt is because you allow them to hurt you. Do you see what I mean? Like you, you oh, yeah. can't, you, you can't, you can't allow people to hurt you. There's a lot of bullshit being said about me now in, in this area by, by a, a couple of certain individuals, which shall remain nameless at this point, wait for the book, um, that they're only spewing things from their perspective and they're not spewing things. They don't understand and they don't whatever because either A, they're angry or B, they just don't get it. Right. And right. that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to, to preach and I'm not here to do whatever. I know what works for me and I know how my life is moving now and in what kind of, of shape it's moving. Um, you know, once I started looking at all the losses in my life and how they added up, to where I'm at right now, it makes a lot of sense. And, and some of it's, my, you know, some of it's my fault, but again, we're going to get into that point of where blame doesn't matter anymore. Faults don't matter anymore. It's, it's not, a, it's not a matter of whose fault is what anymore. It just doesn't matter. What matters is, is the acknowledgement of it and moving forward from it and learning from it. That's, that's the biggest key. And I have, have come, like I said, I've like going through this book and doing this book has been a great cathartic release for me. And you know what, quite frankly, if nobody reads it and it doesn't get published, it'll suck. But at the same time, it's been completely cathartic for me and it's been completely great for me. So that's interesting because like, as you know, I, I also wrote a book and you know, I'm in the editing stages too. And I think that what, what you nailed like hit right on the head was that there's this i this concept behind writing that especially when we're writing a book like like you and I are from like personal perspectives that right it's almost it's almost more self-serving than it is serving for the general public very much because, so very much so very know, much so and so it's like you know write about it now while you can and while you're of still sound mind you know because the older we get the harder these things are going to be to recount. And not only that, you also kind of want somehow to leave a footprint for somebody else who might be going through similar things. 
Um, Absolutely. So, well, so with that being said, what were some of the topics? And you know, we can and, and you can get as deep as you want, or, or 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 hold back as much as you want. But well, I mean, it's it, what are you some know, of the it's, things it's basically, that you know pushed you? Well, what are some of the things that the book is going to cover about Kevin Gale? It's going to cover my it's going to cover my entire life, whether it's worth a read or whether it's not worth a read. You know, the people that have read it have said, "Wow, that is a great fucking story." And I'm like, "Well, it's just it's my life, and I don't I don't I don't see it as much, but." I've gone through a lot of shit and I've dealt with a lot of shit like we all have. I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from anybody else. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make myself, you know, self-important or anything because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy who got semi lucky, you know, in, in playing in a great band and, and had some great successes with it and, and, and played with some great musicians and, you know, and, 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 and met some, met some quite a few assholes along the way um, (laughs) that, I Me was, being one of them, by the way, to, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole. I know, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, there, there's some there's there's some great stories in there and it's a great human story. I think, you know, like the, 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 the one thing I got is that, you know, you suffered a lot, but you still your sense of humor is always coming out. Right. And, you, mm-hmm. you know. You know, my Ingve chapter is the favorite chapter because we toured with Malmsteen for a while, and it was and, and you know I, I love Ingve. I absolutely love Ingve. I think that he is fucking awesome. Oh, I do too. But yeah, but I often like, and I go into this in the book. I often wonder if Ingve wakes up being Ingve. Do you know what I mean? Like, does he wake up and put on the puffy shirts and stuff like that, and then go out in his old Ferrari down to Seven Eleven, cranking his old music? Right? Does he do that? <laughs> right? I'm just wondering. Like, does, does he does he wear, does does he walk around does he walk around the house wearing track pants and running shoes, or is he in boots and leather pants all the time? Right? Like, this this is the kind of stuff that I often wonder. And I mean, like, Ingve is Ingve is is one of the most incredible guitar players that's ever walked the face of this planet, and it's just funny to see him as this big Viking guy that you know you know like does is he gonna put out you know his his own cologne line and call it old ferrari right you know is he gonna do that i mean it's one of those kind of, but you know what it's it, it but and i'm not making fun of him it's no Ingve's a character of Ingve. i love the guy to death and i respect and admire him like you wouldn't believe but i'm wondering you know does that happen does he have his wardrobe girl lydia hiding in the closet you know like going on a turning rack holding on to his puffy shirts and shit, right? Like, does that happen? It's just one of those kind of things that, you know, like, you know, that, that you kind of do. Like, I, I want people when they read this book to understand that, you know, I, I had and still am dealing with mental health issues and I'm still am dealing. I mean, it got to the point where I, where I even planned my own suicide and, you know, what right. saved my life and, you know, I, I, I texted a buddy of mine and said, look, I'm going to send you some GPS coordinates. Okay, and this is this is in June of last year. I said I'm going to send you some GPS coordinates, and he goes, "Why, why, 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 why?" And I and I said, "It doesn't matter why." He goes, "Kevin, if you're thinking of doing what I think you're you're going to do, don't fucking do it because he went through that with his ex-wife. His ex-wife committed suicide. Blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, but he used to be the only guy I would trust. So he got a hold of my brother, and my brother." you know you know said look i'm calling the cops and the only thing i didn't want to have involved was cops at this point right because i'd already planned to do this and i and and right. I, it was it was it was a done deal I, I was done with it so you know my my marriage was split up everything was just falling apart my whole life was just falling apart like like really literally i lost everything i had i have i had nothing and i've spent the last 6 months trying to rebuild and and and, and do what i can Mm-hmm. You know, with what I, and, and, you know, so far, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Like, I mean, it's not like such a bad thing. I mean, I still visit that dark place from time to time, 
Um, I sure as fuck don't live there though. But I mean, there are times that I do, you know, sitting by myself and, and I go through that and I think about all that, you know, what I've lost and, and, and what's happened. And it, and it gets tough. I mean, like I said, living in the past causes nothing but regret. So you can't live in the past. You got to live in the moment. So, you know, with a lot of meditation and with a lot of instruction and with a lot of help, um, you know, through the people that have come into my life now, um, have, have sort of shown me, hang on, give me a sec. Of course. Have sort of shown me that I do matter and that I am important. And anybody out there who's listening to me right now, I will tell you that you are fucking important and you are you need to be here. You are here for a reason and you need to be here. You, you may not, it may not be what you think it is. Don't hold on to expectation. You need to be here. I think that, I think that that's such an important thing because you know, when I, mental health is all is always, as we know, is, is such a stigma, you know, and that, it, it gets Absolutely. brushed under the carpet and people don't want to talk about it. And one of the things that I do enjoy about, you know, interviewing people and doing podcasts like this, especially with, 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 you know, people like you who I know well and I'm friends with is that you and I have had very lengthy discussions about this is that, you know, the thing with mental health is that, in, is that mental health is only going to be, it, 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 it's not going to go away. It's not something that's healable. It's something that's treatable and something, but like, you know, it's like, you know, my, my psychiatrist told me one day, he said, he said, what happens when your car's oil light comes on? Right. I'm like, well, you, t- you, you, you take it, well, you put oil, oil change. Right. Or right. like what happens when your gas light comes on, you put gas in it. He goes, well, well then why do we spend so much time maintaining our car when we don't maintain our own mental health? And he was just right. like, because it's, it's been, it's been such a stigma for so many years that guys aren't allowed or people aren't allowed to, to, you know, to be upset or be depressed or be overly emotional. One thing I've learned and one thing I've been taught, thank you, Matt. One thing I have been taught is that emotions are nothing but information and it's information on, on, on reaction on how you, how you choose to process it. There is only one love and love is, 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 is not, is not a feeling. Love is a choice and love is just an existent thing. And there is only love and you need to, you need to be able to come back to that. The brain is your ego. And your heart always knows. The brain is always questioning what, 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 why, why, why. Right. But your heart always knows. So if you live from your heart, you're always going to know. You're and and you're always going to be there. It's it's one of those kind of things that when you hit rock bottom, as I have, and you've lost everything. Mm-hmm. When you hit rock bottom, you have no place to go but up. I have been very fortunate enough the people in my, that have been in my life that have helped me to understand this, that I matter. And it took a long time for me to, to get to that point of where, of where that I believed that I do matter. I still have a tough time believing that I do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it it goes back to, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I come from a long line of people who have mental health issues and 
um, you know, I'm the first one to actually go and do something about it. Like I go to a therapist, I see a psychiatrist, I take meds for it. And of course, right. you know, the, this, this fear that, you know, okay, I'm an artist, but maybe part of my art is me having these mental health issues. Like what, what happens if, you know, I, if I take meds, does it go away? And guess what? I found out it's that it's again, to use the car analogy, it's like, when I started taking meds and I started to kind of acclimate to it, all of a sudden I realized I did everything better. I wrote better. I played better. I performed mm-hmm. better. I, I was a better husband. I was a better friend. I was because I was not so wrapped up and, and like, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't succumbing to it. I was saying, Absolutely. you know what? I'm going to do what I need to do to battle this. And, for any, like you said, for anyone else listening, no, it's not an easy battle and it's, there's no cure for it, but damn it. Like, you know, maintain it. Don't let people tell you stupid shit. Like, Oh, you just need to go outside and get some fresh air. It's like, no, no, uh, no that has no, nothing to do with, with it, brain chemistry. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely like, not. Fresh air yes, won't do absolutely. anything for me, but make me sneeze. You know, so right. You know. you know, like I know people. I know people that were that were once close to me that that you know self abused themselves by by doing tons of coke and and drinking and doing all this sort of stuff, and you know you know that kind of stuff turns your brain into mush, and it it makes you completely clouded and completely you know whatever. I'm I know I'm proud to say that you know I was you no know, I was drinking pretty heavily after after I moved out. And, you know, I'm proud to say that, that, you know, right now I haven't really had a drink in over a month and a half. So I'm proud to say that. And and, well, yeah, I mean, but again, you know, I would, I would, you know, my father is a raging alcoholic and I was all concerned about that. So I was talking to my brother about it and, you know, he's like, look, man, he goes, you need that right now. That's your medicine right now because that's keeping you sane. I said, okay, well, I mean, he was probably right at that point because I, where, you know, where I ended up was probably the single best healing place that I could have ever possibly ended up. So, I mean, you know, like that was, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's, a, I'm just very lucky to, to have that because like I said, I lost everything. I lost everything, everything. I, I had nothing. I had nothing but like, you know, a couple of clothes and my guitars, thank God, you know, that, that that's all I had. You know, and, 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 and it's, you know, yeah, and that's interesting because one of the things is that, you know, there's so many different, like, levels and so many different facets to, you know, like, I didn't lose anything. Like, I was very lucky. I had a, I have a supportive wife who was there to help me. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that when you hit rock bottom, whether whether you've, like, lost your house or lost your wife or whatever, or if you still have a home and your wife – Rock bottom is rock bottom. And we, we, and and, and the reason why I say that is because so many people, the thing that bugs me the most is when addressing mental health is that some people will say things like, you know, some have it worse than you do. And that is, but that's, that is the most condescending statement that you could ever make to someone because you're not them and you're dealing with what you're dealing with at the right time. And that might be the worst to you. It's not a question of whether or not someone has it worse than I do. I'm dealing with me right now because that's all I can deal with. And it's not being selfish and it's not being whatever you have to learn how to love yourself before you can love 
anyone else, which is what I have learned. Again, that, you know, learning how to love myself and learning how to forgive myself have been the two biggest things that I've actually had to overcome, which is, it, it's a it's a tough thing to do, but I'm getting there. And it's a day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour lesson for me. So, you know, moving forward, yeah, moving forward onto that, I mean, you know, when someone says, oh, there's someone out there, out there worse than, than, than you, for for them, for me right now, I'm in hell. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, it's, it's it, it it is one of those kind of things, right? So, you know, you can you can't say that about anything because you have to learn from you, and you can only be you. You can't be someone else. You can only be you. And if you're dealing with your own hell at this point, you're in fucking hell. You're not, you know, like there there could be someone out in the street starving, but and and yeah, you know, perceptively they might have it worse than you do. But you can't deal with that because you're dealing with you. And that's the biggest problem. It's so, so true. And like, you know, to, to, to echo kind of even back to like some of the, the bigger names of people, you know, like, like the sad loss of uh, Chris Cornell, you know, like one of the things that, that one of the things that hurt me the most about that whole thing was and because like I said I'm very sympath I'm very sympathetic and very emotional when it comes to people that go through this because I I try to be very transparent with it as we are right now because mm-hmm. one of the things I try to do with is is that hopefully people will realize that it's it's okay to talk about it that it, it it's nothing to hide and like and like if you hide it it, it, it's just going to brew. And, and the thing is, is that like, I like to jokingly say that, that I have this like little syndicate of people that, that, that are in my lives that we all have mental health issues that we all, mm-hmm. it's kind of like almost like a Venn diagram of sorts where we're all kind of connected. And when one Absolutely. of us is having we a are problem, all connected. yeah. So when one of us is having a problem or an issue, you know, like I remember one time I, I messaged you and you said, Hey, how you doing? I was like, not so good. And you're like, you want to talk about it? And I was like, yeah. And I felt like I could talk to you in a way that say, I couldn't talk to one of my other friends who don't get it. You know, and that's not to alienate those people, but it's, no, it's, no, not at all. That, but there's there's some people know. that don't that that aren't in that spot, and they right. don't understand. And you know, and because their life may be going fantastic, and there might be, you know, their life might be, um, you know, just perfect at this point, right? So, they, like, you know, they're they could be at they, they could they won't understand or they won't be whatever. But there's some people that have been through this, and there's some people that have done gone through this that know exactly, you know, where you're coming from. And, you know, like, it's not like, again, it's like, you know, you talk to certain people who, who always think that they're right about everything. And it's not a question of being right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's there's a question of, hey, man, you need to talk to somebody, you know, and somebody listens without judgment and without opinion, right? Because opinions and judgment don't matter. Like none of that shit matters. No. What matters is being able to. What matters is being able to speak about your issue and speak. This is how I'm feeling right now, right? And meanwhile, again, you know, going back to what I was saying before, feelings. If you can, if you can nondescript a feeling being good or bad, if you can nondescript it, you're going to you're going to find out, and you're going to look at these feelings, and you're going to look at them as nothing but information. So if you're feeling, if you if your body is trying to feel, if your brain is trying to feel sad, either a because of what you lost, you have to ask why. Why are you feeling lost? And you'll say, oh, because you know I, I'm I split up with my wife and I miss her. No, why? 
right? And then you say, well, because this is, and you go through all the reasons and you go through the, and you finally get to the common denominator. And then you realize what that common denominator is. And it doesn't matter. Like none of this, none of it matters. What matters is being able to take it and learn from it and move from it. The hardest thing we as human beings have is letting go. And we don't let go very easily. Some people do, or they claim to. And then some people don't. And, 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 and some people say they do, but they don't. And then there's some people that don't let go very easily. Yeah. The key to anything in life, the key to anything in life, the key to anything is being able to let it go and being able to let go and being able to do whatever and not hold on to it and not hold on to the memory because that it, it, it's, it's served its purpose in your life. It doesn't, it's, it's no longer, it doesn't need to be there anymore. So the hardest part that we have is the acceptance of letting go. And once right. you can accept it, you're going to find that you're going to move into where you're supposed to be. And then from there, you'll move into where you're supposed to be again and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, it's all about, you know, th- this growth. And a lot of people see, oh, well, you don't, you don't have a house, you don't have a car. That's not about growing. That's not growing. What growing is, is being able to accept, being able to, to, to you know, process it and move on from it. And that's the biggest key. And it's the hardest thing for anybody. Right. And, and me included, you know, I'm, I, you know, letting go for me has been the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. When you, when, you know, when you're with someone and you care about someone deeply and you, you take care of them for 10 years and, and, exactly. you, and give them opportunity and then you get shit on because of, of, of shit then, and then that goes, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, but you got to swallow it, and you got to deal with it, and you got to let it go. So again, yeah. it's a, again, it's a daily, it's a daily practice, right? It's a daily practice learning how to do that. It really is, and you know, when I when I when I think about the things that I deal with on a daily basis, you know, people will look at me and I'll go like, oh wow, man, like you know, you fucking have it made, like you know, your wife's got this great job, like you get to be. The house husband, you don't have kids, uh, you know, you get to write and play music and you have this awesome time hanging out with musicians for your blog and this and the other. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, though, I have a brain just like everybody else does. I have emotional issues just like anyone else does. So, I mean, you know, while right. while I'm, I might have this uh, and I'm not going to even deny it, I have this white privilege going on. Those you, it's not that you're not grateful for it. That's exactly Fuck. exactly right. <laughs> it's like you're saying, okay, like, look, I have these mental health issues. My life is great, and I know it's great, and I'm grateful for it. But I still have these mental health issues. That like, it's like you're not allowed to be. You're, it's like it's somebody saying to you, you're not allowed to to have mental health issues because your life is so great. That it's not is, that you're not grateful for it. You're fucking right. You're grateful for it, but you still have mental health issues. And we that is the biggest argument because, like I said, like you know that that's like it's kind of like dividing the waters. You know, like you know, there's this line. There's there's life that everybody sees from from the outside, and then there's the life that you are dealing with in your head, you know? So like mm-hmm. when people see me out at a show and hanging out with, 
you know, municipal waste or, you know, you know, <coughs> Guar or whatever band that I love, you know, and talking to them or whatever, they look at me and they go, Oh, what right. a, what a cool guy, you know, like, you know, he's, he's got a cool gig going on. But what they don't see is they don't see the fact that I had to take a Xanax before I got to the show because I have social anxiety and I hate being in crowds. They don't see the fact right. that I still carry around a lot of, um, uh, like um oh what's the word where you yeah like uh, baggage yeah so yeah i'll that's the i'll just even even simple it out yes like just carry this kind of baggage from where it's like you know this this lack of confidence in myself as a person like do people do people really like me am i you know what i mean so it's like it's two totally different things and that's why I like with the Cornell thing when, when you're when, when I was reading contents I mean comments by people that were saying things like 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 what a selfish thing to do he had a beautiful wife he had he had beautiful kids he had he had, he had a career and he just threw it all away and it's like you have no fucking clue no clue what it's you have like. no clue what his what he was going through in no. his life you have no clue you have no clue no, and, and and it's and, and that's why I always I was I, I always try to be as open with people and say you know like I want to be that champion for as many people as I can. So I'm very open about it. I just interviewed a guy a few days ago for for this podcast for a band that I used to rail on like you wouldn't believe they were a local band here in Atlanta, and but because it, when I was in my mental health worst you know when i'd get into those obsessive compulsive moments like i constantly was poking the bear with them to the point that we had an explosive war of words online and this and the other and then all of a sudden like now that i'm in this different position you know i wanted to have him on and you know we made our peace over the years of course you know but but to explain to him and to also explain to people that were listening that you know Maybe sometimes people with mental health issues aren't the best candidates to be rock writers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, I mean, like, look, I mean, like, look at Lester Bangs, right? You know, but at the right. same, but at the same time, you know, like, it's like I told Chris, I was like, you know, I was worried that you know if I started taking meds, you know, and I was like, I was like, what, what if I lose my edge? Well, guess what? I'm still an opinionated asshole. People still don't like me, but. The difference of it is, is that I don't obsess. I don't carry those things with me far too long and that I don't poke the bear. You know what I mean? So like the, what the things that it did better for me was that it made my reactions better. It didn't affect my, absolutely. Art. It didn't affect my, thing, absolutely. You know, the key is the key the, the biggest key that you can possibly have is to try to not react and try to not um, fall into it because it's, it's nothing but a trap right like I said emotions are, are nothing but information on how to choose to deal with it right so you can be sad but you have to ask okay well why why am I sad and why or why am I happy or why am I this instead of just being and existing and and being in a state of love and being in a state of everything that that 
and being and you know st- the, the first thing you could start your day with is just being grateful for being able to open your eyes and being able to experience humanity and being able to experience all this stuff right which is which is key i think you know in in trying to get along during the day and for me every day that i get a chance to open my eyes and get to experience humanity out know all the hurt and everything else as well as the happiness and as well as the joys that come out of being you know being human you know, you can get it. You can be grateful for it because it's an experience that that you you know get to do, and that's the biggest thing. So, I'm going to sound like I'm going off existentially, and people are going to be like, "What the fuck, man? What's wrong with this?" No, see, this is this is one of the reasons I started this podcast in the first place was because I wanted it to be mine. I wanted it to be whatever it took on. You know, so like you know, absolutely. I, mean, I talk to musicians all the time, and. But but the whole point of it is is that I want to be able to talk about any kind of topic that comes up, and because I know for a fact that this was a, a topic that was very close to you as it was to me, was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you on. Because if anything, like I said earlier, I if anyone is listening to this and has those kinds of you know, issues or they have anxiety attacks and they have panic attacks and they have things that you are not crazy. You are not alone. No, your brain. No, and you're not alone. Your brain chemistry is just fucked up and it's nothing that a walk in the park is going to fix. It's nothing that getting some exercise is going to fix and getting some sun sure as hell ain't going to help. Well, I hate the sun to begin with. So I think, cause I think a part vampire, but anyway, um, like (laughs) I love, I love my basement. What can I say? Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's like what, what actually does help me taking my meds, talking to people who share the same issues that I have and being as upfront mm-hmm. and public with it as possible in order to be a champion for those that feel like they can't. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Now, is that – and that's kind of what I feel like or, – or, and correct me if I'm wrong – that this is kind of part of your book. Absolutely. This this is going to be the end chapter of my book and sort of where and what helped me as far as being able to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Because like I said, for a long time, there was no light and there was no, there was no tunnel. There was nothing. It was just pure, pure hell. Like I, like I did not want to be here anymore. I did not want to be on this existence anymore. And I did not want to be, I didn't want to be here. I don't want it to be dead. And, you know, the best part about that is that I'm not afraid to die anymore because that's, you know, that was a, the big issue that I used to have as I was terrified of death. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Um, although I am grateful to be able to be here talking to you now. I mean, you know, what's to say next week, how that's going to be. But I mean, again, you know, like the, this, this past week has just been a fucking nightmare. But other than that, you you know, it's just I'm 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 dealing with it and I'm moving forward with it. Um, you know, it's just again, it's one of those things where you have to live in the moment. You can't live in the past and you can't live in the future. You can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. You just have to be grateful for every second that you have, and then the only thing that you have is right now. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have the past because it's already gone. You only have right now. You don't have any other time. So I try to live, like I said, in a five-foot box. That's all I can see because I can't see the future and I can't see the past. And 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 the past is already done. So – that's what you have. That's the way you have to live. You can't, you, you can't, I, I have to be able to, and, and learn how to forgive. You have to be able to forgive people and you have to be able to, most importantly is you have to learn how to forgive yourself because 
you know, if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive anybody else. Right. And I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, you know, and there's no such thing as, Oh, that's a big mistake or a small mistake. They're all mistakes. And there's no such thing as a size. And, you know, if you hurt someone else, which, you know, we all have done, you know, and you have to be able to forgive yourself because that's, that was then. And now is a whole different ball game. As long as you've learned from that and you have to learn to be able to move forward, and you know accepting and and forgiveness and it's all part of it you have to just you know and you have to move forward or else you will stay stagnant exactly where you are and if that means cutting people loose out of your life that's what it means you have to do that in order to move forward there are a lot of people who are toxic that you don't think that they are and they are toxic to you in order for your growth and you have to let them go you have to let them go. And like I said, letting go is the hardest thing that you could possibly do, but you have to do that in order to move forward. And that's the only way, you know, like you, like you'll find that, you know, once you start, you know, spiritually evolving and spiritually moving forward, you will find that those people will naturally gravitate away from you anyway. You know, the people that don't belong in your life, they will naturally gravitate away. And that's exactly the truth because one of those things that we discover as we get older is that, you know, I was explaining this to my, um, I was was just out in San Diego uh, visiting my, uh, my wife and I, we went out to visit my niece and um, my sister-in-law and we all went out to dinner and I I was got to meet my, my niece's uh, closest friends who are all like, you know, in, you know, 21, 22, you know, and we got to talking about them and and one, and one of the girls was saying, was telling me, she was like, you know, she goes, I'm starting to notice that as I, as I get older, some of the friends that I had when I was, you know, a kid, um, I, I'm not as close to them now, and I and I and I'm having new friends. And I told her, I said, you know, I said it's almost like like a snake shedding skin. I said, over the years, yep. you are gonna people are gonna come and go in and out of your life, but for every five to ten, there may be one that will be worth hanging on to, and that most of the friends you make after your, say, your late 20s to early 30s, those are going to be a lot of the friends that are going to, you're going to hold on to. But then even after that, you're going to find yourself shedding them the minute that you find that they're, like you said, that that there's some sort of toxicity amongst them into your life. And, Absolutely. And then when yep. you do let those people go, which if you're like me, I have a hard time doing, but when you we do all do, them, dude, you feel that weight lifted off of you, and then all of a sudden you realize, wow, okay. Once you 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 feel that weight lifted off you once you accept it, and accepted letting exactly. go and then accepting it are are two different things. So once you accept it, then you will feel that weight lifted off you. I'm still at the point where my acceptance is is day to day. So I mean, it's it, like I said. It's, well, that's not going to change though, because because acceptance well, on yeah, so many levels. You know, well, well, I mean, it'll get better, but acceptance on so many levels is still a day to day. Like like the acceptance of the fact that my father, you know, yeah, gave up fighting and or, or never put up a fight, you know, with his mental health, and that he just deteriorated and passed away. You know, like. Right. That is something but that what, even okay, though I let me ask you with, let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. But let me ask you a question about that. Absolutely. Is there anything you can do to change it? Is there anything you can do to change that? Oh, absolutely not. 
absolutely not. Well, then you have then then the only thing that you can do is accept and let go. That's the only thing you can do. Oh yeah, 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 At yeah. You, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I mean, when you when you're when you're talking about such a fine finality, I mean, you, all you can do is forgive, let go, and accept, and that's all you can do. So, I mean, you know, again, you know, in in my situation, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, you know, no matter how hard I try to fight or how hard or whatever, it's not going to change anything. So, I have to learn to let. I have to learn to let go, and I have to learn to accept. I have to forgive, let go, and accept. And that's and again, that's a, a daily battle that I go through and you know but I mean if I can get through a day which I have had many days which I can get through a day I'm like yeah you know what I and I pat myself on the back and I say you know what good job man you did it today and that and you know and being and and being gracious to yourself and and showing grace to yourself saying you know what you did good today or if there's a day that you didn't have a good day is not beating yourself up about it turning around and saying you know what tomorrow's another day you've got another chance you got another chance tomorrow you get you get new fresh chances Every time you wake up every morning, you get a new fresh chance, which is the best thing that we take for granted every day. We get a new chance every day to make a better day for ourselves. And again, it's it's the question of, of, of uh, forgiving, letting go, and accepting. And that's what we need to do. And and again, if, if we need to all look at that and, and saying that. And then once we do that, we'll be fine that we're happier and we're better once we can actually do that. So what is this um, – so if you could encapsulate the book into say like – I don't know. Let's have some fun with this. Let's say I'm going to give you a, a minute starting now. Tell me about what the book is going to cover and just go with it. Okay, my the, the book book cover covers my life. It covers like you know from from start to middle to bullshit to um, to you know uh, you know it's like toxic to more bullshit to first wife number one to bullshit to second wife number one number two bullshit you know daughter son bullshit all just it's all encapsulated with just my entire life. And where I've done this, where I've done this, and, you know, looking at it like saying, okay, well, why did I react like this? Well, oh, okay, well, it makes sense. It doesn't make it right. It just means that that's what happened. And so, you know, and again, it's all about learning thing. And finally encapsulating off, you know, after all the losses that I've experienced, I've had some great, great people come into my life to be able to show me a lot of things about myself and realize that I'm not such a bad human being and I'm not such a bad guy and I'm not such a bad whatever, you know, you know, there's, I've had some great teachers come into my life to mm-hmm. tell me a lot of things and, and show me a lot of things and show me how, how that, you know, again, it's whole thing about, you know, all the spirituality stuff that, 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 that has basically, you know, shown me a lot of different things about myself and about, life in general and that's where it's going to end off and and you know whatever i'm going to be doing as far as music advice you know I'm, I'm i'm writing i'm actually going in to do some recording on sunday next week right so i'm going to be going in and doing that so you know again i'm writing and i'm doing all this stuff but this time i'm doing it all myself and you know i i, I think that's probably the smarter choice except i think pat's going to do some drums for me which is going to be great so that's I mean, great, you know, though. it is what it is yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah. i love the fact that like what you said is that is that you know because to kind of echo what you said earlier, it really isn't about who's going to read it, how many people are going to read it, how many copies are going to get sold. It's no. it, it's about putting out a story of someone's life that maybe somebody else could at least grasp onto and say, 
Wow, that's Absolutely. that's that that's pretty much me. Or on the flip side go, you know, that like from the outside shell that wasn't me, but from the inside, oh, that's that's my story 100%, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So absolutely. Uh, so, are you still working on it? Are you? Uh, do we have like a? Date yeah, no, we're still like, we're, like we're still work, we're we're still working on it. You know, I mean, you know, life, you know, life does get in the way sometimes. You know, and and always, and, uh, you, you know, we, we we haven't had a chance to to do much. I'd, I'd say we're probably about seventy percent done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always new stuff coming up that I'm remembering because my mind isn't always the greatest thing in the world. So I mean, there's there's new stuff coming up, and Tyson's like, oh, we got to put that in the book. We got to put that in the book. So I mean, there's 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 there's, there's there, well, I mean, it happens. So I mean where it'll be you know as i as i tell people you know when's it coming when's it coming it, it's coming when it's going to be it'll be out when it's ready it's i'm not putting anything out that's half-assed i'm not putting up i'm putting the entire story in you know you're like settle down faults, beavis it's I, coming <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean the thing is is that you know i am not sugarcoating a damn thing in this i am not sugarcoating it at all mm-hmm. um so it's it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting read and it's going to be you know if 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 anything um you know you'll get an idea of what my life is like and i think that maybe you know if it can help somebody else then great and know that they're not a complete fuck up like like i like i have been and i have done that but i've learned so much like i said and you know maybe all those fuck-ups needed to lead me right to here and that's the best the best part about it is that no matter how bad you fuck up in your life your life has you've done everything that you've had to do to lead you right to this point you are here at this point because you were supposed to be at this point right. with all the things that have happened in your life that have led you to here to, to mold you into the person that you need to be right and that's that's the biggest key right that's the biggest thing I think you, it doesn't get any better than that. I think you you nailed it like right on the head, and I am super excited to see to to read the book and to absolutely and, and, and to and go and I hope I'll get like the first signed copy or actually make it two so I can sell one on eBay. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, so I guess in closing, if you had to give a if you had to send a message out to people who've listened to this, because obviously this wasn't just a typical music podcast. This was an episode of right. us really addressing something more. Um, yeah. If, if you had a little bit of wisdom that you have uh, obtained, what would you say to anyone who is listening to this, who may have, or may think they have some sort of mental health issues? Talk to somebody, talk to somebody. And for God's sake, always be honest and always tell the truth. That's the biggest thing that you could possibly do. I think that's, I think that's without a doubt, like, you know, every, that's, that's everything about it. Just, just whittled down because the thing is, is that if you're, if you're open, you're transparent and you put that, which I wasn't for many, which, which I wasn't for many years. And that ended a lot of things in my life yeah and and the thing is is that i i for many years i wasn't you know and exactly you know uh, look I, I i've had this incredible relationship with the same woman for 21 years and you know four years ago was the first time that she realized you know the you know the extensive the extensiveness of my mental health because i had a right complete breakdown in front of her and she was like how long has this been going on? I'm like, since I was 10, 
you know, and yeah. she was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, you know, yeah, I think that that's a great thing is that, you know, to be transparent, to be honest and talk to somebody, you know, and people, you gotta, you gotta understand people don't tell the truth because not because they want to, they don't want, they don't, they don't want to tell the truth. They don't tell the truth because they're embarrassed and they're ashamed of themselves and they're scared. And that's the biggest key. And you know, you can label somebody as, as a liar or you can label, you know, whatever, but to look deeper and saying, why didn't this person trust me enough to tell me the truth? Well, maybe this person was so ashamed of so embarrassed and so scared of being judged that they couldn't come up to it and they couldn't, they couldn't deal with it. And you know what? Not everybody's that's not everybody's strong to go, you know, Hey, look, blah, blah, blah. Right. They're, they're not. So, don't be so quick to judge and don't be so hard to judge until you've walked a mile in their shoes. When you've walked a mile in someone's shoes, then you can turn around and judge and you can turn around and talk. But until that point, you have no right to judge and you have no right to do anything. Absolutely. I ref- I refuse to judge another human being because they I don't walk in their shoes and I don't know what they've been through and I don't know how they've they've, you know, managed to do things in their lives and I don't know. I have no right to judge and I don't. Absolutely. Well, Kevin Gale, you are an amazing friend. You're an incredible person. You are one of my very good friends, sir. <laughs> love it. And I do love the fact that we that we touched on this today. And, um, you know, actually, I would like to revisit this again, you know, especially once the book comes out, um, because obviously there's going to be, you know, more to say, you know, about the book and about, Absolutely. The, about the topics Absolutely. in general. Absolutely. But you know, um, absolutely. But let's do this again and again. I'd like to. I'd like to just commend you on 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 being transparent and being open about this topic, and for actually making this a pretty special episode for for folks to listen to. Because I, you know, I really, Yay. I really think it's something that you know, like you said, it, it. I think it's. I think it's pretty important, and I think. I think. I think it's pretty important because suicide is at an at, as at an epidemic in in North America and around the world suicide is at, a, at an epidemic for people suffering from ptsd and you don't necessarily have to go to war to suffer from ptsd any sort of trauma trauma that happens in your life you can suffer from ptsd um you know there there's a lot of people out there suffering and there's a lot of people out there scared there's a lot of people lying to their loved ones and lying to themselves and they need to stop doing that and take it from a guy who did it for many years that it's got to stop because once you can really be honest with yourself and be honest with the people that you love, it's, it's quite a freeing thing. So that's one of those kind of things that you need to look at and you need to, you know, take up there because you know what, you'll end up losing everything and end up alienating everybody around you. if You don't start telling the truth about yourself and about things like that in your life. Absolutely. Well, KG, you're one of the greatest guys I know. And this was Awesome to talk Thank you, brother. about. Good luck with the book and all that good stuff. And um, we're going to do this again, my friend. Awesome, dude. All right. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Doctor.